Welcome back to another episode of the Shula Bowl podcast brought to you by Five Reason Sports. We are the podcast for all things FAU and FIU football. As always, you can find the podcast on Twitter at Shula Bowl Pod. You can find the podcast online at shulabullpod.podbean.com. And you can find our provider, Five Reason Sports, on Twitter at the number five reasonsports.com. Doing a special episode for you today. We're coming off of our last episode, which was a fun Q&A episode. Appreciate your guys' questions, and thank you for uh, having those. You can always keep those, uh, you know, keep them coming, send them in, and we will do Q&A episodes as often as we get the questions. But we have a special episode here. We um, have a, a friend of the podcast kind of uh, met through an inadvertent snafu, but through that, you know, I'm actually glad that happened because uh, we have him here on the line to talk about FIU's newest addition, quarterback Max Bortenschlager. Got to get used to A, saying the name Bortenschlager, and B, spelling it correctly in my game story. So that'll cause me uh, quite a bit of anxiety. But um, we've got uh, our publisher. He is the publisher for Sports Illustrated's All Terrapins website, which covers Maryland football, basketball, and recruiting news, Mr. Ahmed Gafir. Ahmed, thanks for joining the podcast, my man. I appreciate you guys having me on. You can find uh, the um, the Maryland website on Twitter at siterrapins.com. Uh, so what we're going to do is just kind of give, you know, uh, a meta chance to kind of break down Max Bordenschlager and what he brings to FIU. And we'll kind of hit him with a quick Q&A and get him out of here in about 20 minutes. So I will start the uh, line of interrogation here. Uh, Ahmed, first question. So and I'm really glad we have you because not only do you have the background with Sports Illustrated, but you also work for 247 Sports as well. Um, Max came into Maryland as a three-star recruit, and I'm just kind of curious to get your POV. What type of recruit was he coming into Maryland in 2016? Yeah, so he actually, um, so he came in, he was uh, the first cycle where uh, Walt Bell, the, the, currently the UMass head coach, um, he was actually Maryland's offensive coordinator um, before before he actually went to Florida State. So um, Maryland was recruiting uh, a, another quarterback at the time, Tyrell Pigrome, who actually also entered the transfer portal this offseason. So um, it, it was always known that Maryland was going for athletic quarterbacks. So when Borton Schlager, they, they, they flipped him, um, and they added, it, it seemed like it was someone that didn't really fit the offense. But when I dug into reasons why, um, you know, Maryland historically has had problems at the quarterback position. Um, and they're very aware that, you know, kind of having the same type of quarterback in the room, um, you know, you don't want four or five all, all athletic quarterbacks. I was there thinking at the time. So bringing in a pro style guy, a guy that kind of has a, a better feel for the pocket, uh, in the pocket than with his legs, um, uh, bringing him in and, and kind of diversifying the room a little bit. That was, that was the biggest thing. Um, but he, he, he came into Maryland as a relative unknown. Um, but, uh, it definitely, definitely gained a lot of respect over the years from, uh, fans and, uh, and inside the locker room. That's for sure. I'm really glad you mentioned Walt Bell because that kind of transitions to a question. I had it a little later on, but I'll jump into it right now, kind of just as a transition point. So you mentioned Walt Bell, who you said is the current UMass head coach. FIU fans will be familiar with that. Um, Walt Bell, um, excuse me, a UMass playing at FIU this past year. So you kind of get an idea of what offense he was in. But Walt Bell was his OC for the was his OC for the first two years. Final two years saw different offensive coordinators. Uh, in 2018, it was Matt Canada who actually had to take over. That was the year that DJ Durkin was fired prior to the season and then ended with this past year with uh, former Eastern Carolina head coach Scott, Scotty Montgomery as the offensive coordinator this year. 
Can you talk about two, uh, kind of a two-part question there? One, can you talk about Walt Bell's offense and what that kind of looked like and then kind of transition into the final two offenses and what those offenses kind of looked like? Yeah, I mean, Walt Bell uh, was up-tempo. He wanted to run it, floor it to the absolute max. So Maryland was uh, running very, very quickly. Um, so Borden Sager, I mean, he didn't have too much experience early on. I know he played two games, he had one start. Uh, I think that start came against Nebraska. If I serve my, my, my memory serves me correctly as a freshman, but the bulk, the bulk of his time really came when he was a sophomore. Um, and, and the reason why was uh, when, when Maryland, they had uh, Tyrell Pigrome and Kasim Hill, uh, two quarterbacks above him. Both of them left the, were gone for the season due to season ending injury. Um, and then just uh, inconsistencies at the position really drove Borton Slogger to, um, play, see the bulk of his time there. Um, but when, when Walt Bell was there, um, you know, I think, I think Bell even knew that he, he kind of had an advantage with the more athletic quarterbacks, which kind of gave Borton Slogger a chance to, you know, he, he knew the offense, but serve as a reliable backup kind of going into um, his, his sophomore year. But his sophomore year was really where um, Maryland kind of had to adjust to the personnel and understand that they didn't have, uh, you know, I mean, Borton Sager, even though, like I said, he's not, he's not a mobile quarterback. He's a guy that can kind of stay in the pocket and, and make, make do his damage there. Um, so that when that sophomore year, he kind of leaned on a uh, current Panthers wide receiver, DJ Moore, uh, that definitely, definitely helped to have a reliable target like that. Um, but I, I think his sophomore year is what really gave him the abundance of game film. Um, and then just kind of, kind of going from there though, but, uh, Matt, the Matt Canada offense, um, just again, wasn't, wasn't a great fit for him. And he also got injured pretty early in the season. So, um, didn't really get a chance to show what, what, uh, he was capable of. But, um, when his sophomore year, when Gordon Slogger was, is, pointed as the man kind of going into that Michigan game and towards the latter part of the season, uh, Maryland kind of adjusted to kind of keep him in the pocket a little bit more and, and uh, let the, let the receivers get the ball quicker, get them, get the ball open to them in space and let them do the damage. So um, it was, uh, there were definitely some growing pains, but you know, when you're playing Ohio state, Michigan, Michigan state, Penn state, uh, you're, you're playing some pretty good defenses. I'm really glad you talked about those offenses and kind of the differences between a, what Walt Bell was looking for. And you talked about it, uh, two guys in Tyrell Pigrome and Kasim Hill, who are completely different quarterbacks, guys who are looking to use their legs and get out of the pocket. So, and I'm going to put you on the spot here. Would you kind of say that, uh, for lack of a better phrase, that Borton Schlager kind of wasn't necessarily the best fit in those offenses in terms of um, maybe his, his skill set may have fit, you know, um, um, yeah. just yeah. kind of fit a different offense in, in terms of what Walt Bell was looking to run. Yeah, a hundred percent. I, uh, I, I wholeheartedly, uh, that, that statement is a hundred percent accurate, but I will say that, um, this, this, the 2019 season, uh, Warren Sager did get hurt going into fall camp. Um, and I was really intrigued because I know Maryland brought in a quarterback, obviously this past season, Virginia tech transfer, Josh Jackson. Um, they still had Tyrell Pigrome who every single time someone has doubted him, he found a way to prove everyone wrong. But I was really keeping my eye on Warren Sager because out of any year that he was at Maryland, this was, that was the year that he really could have found a better fit, a better uh, fit under head coach Mike Loxley. Um, Maryland really didn't um, – they, they had to lean on a, a big room and athletic quarterback down the stretch just because of um, uh, protection issues consistently through conference play. But I thought Borden Schlager was going to be someone that, with a lot of receivers at his disposal and a deep running back stable behind him, um, he, he, really, he really could have found his groove and 
be able to find strides. So um, I, I, was, I was definitely keeping my eye on that. Um, and, and since we're kind of talking about this year, I also want to add that uh, even though he, he didn't really play too, too much the last two years uh, due to injury, I will, uh, I, I just want to pass along that there were several people inside the program that even before he transferred, uh, it, several people were very adamant that uh, he was undoubtedly the quarterback that had the highest uh, quarterback IQ, uh, highest feel for the game. And um, like I said, he, he was he was really a leader. So um, I, I think I think now he'll be able to lean into or transition into an offense that better suits him. So once again, for FIU fans, the reason I asked that question is you may remember James Morgan had the similar issue at Bowling Green where he was recruited by uh, current Syracuse head coach. Of course, his name is escaping me right now when I need it, but um, he, he was recruited for, for a different offense, more of a pro style offense. And then when uh, that coach was fired at Bowling Green, he, the offense then being run was more of an air raid offense under Mike Jenks. And that just was the reason for, you know, some of James's struggles and at Bowling Green, you flip him, he gets to FIU under Rich Skrosky and all of a sudden he sees two years of success. He becomes a fourth round pick in the NFL draft. So that's why I asked that question. And Ahmed, you kind of touched on DJ Moore. This is going to be my last question before I pass over to David. Um, for FIU fans, you will know that you have the Georgia transfer and Jeremiah Holeman, and he's kind of a similar receiver and in, in kind of build to DJ Moore, even though DJ was, I believe he was 5'11", about 2'10", but a kind of a powerful, you know, kind of dynamic type of receiver. Can you just talk about yeah. DJ Moore a little bit and what he kind of brought to that offense? So maybe FIU fans kind of pair a parallel between Jeremiah Holeman and DJ Moore. Yeah, I mean, uh, Moore was, kind of, uh, he was electric. I mean, he, uh, I remember when he was coming into Maryland, I remember actually, a uh, little side story. I remember when he uh, it was about a week before he transferred it, or uh, enrolled in it as a freshman, uh, and there was an article that said that he was a three-star recruit and uh, it was recommended that he redshirted that season. Uh, and I remember DJ Moore brought that up uh, in one of his first interviews. But uh, he 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 really always was a guy that kind of proved himself and, and kind of left it all in the field. He had a great low uh, great low center of gravity, um, really good hands. I think Maryland did a really good job of just snapping get a, and it was immediate pass on bubble screen the wide receiver screen um really just getting the space uh, the ball him the space in him the ball home space excuse me um but yeah i mean he was he was electric he wasn't a downfield threat in terms of you know a guy that's going to break you off the top he was more methodical in his route running and did a really good job of kind of breaking away from the cornerbacks to to gain that little bit of separation uh Moore was also very, very hard to tackle. Uh, very several times where it's on a wide receiver screen or uh, a short pass on the outside, he had two defenders and he just steamrolled right through them and uh, broke away for another 30, 40 yards. So um, Moore really served as a um, great check down receiver for Bortenschlager, um, especially like I've said, you know, Maryland. Since they moved to the Big Ten, they face uh, countless top defenses. Uh, in the Big Ten, um, so for Borden Sager to have a reliable target like from like Moore uh, in the flats and and kind of on the outside, um, it, it definitely served Maryland well. So uh, I think uh, I definitely I definitely see some comparisons between them. So I think Borden Sager will uh, definitely find his groove with Holman. Quick uh, point of reference, really quick. Of course, I forgot the Syracuse uh, head coach who was at Bowling Green. It was Dino Babers who recruited James Morgan. Of course, he uh, didn't end up playing for Babers, ended up playing for Mike Jinks in the air raid. But uh, David, go ahead, take it away. Yeah, so uh, I guess my first question would be, you know, you've stated a, a few of his strengths, um, but I was wondering uh, what would be his biggest weakness uh, in your opinion? 
Um, I mean, I would go back to kind of that mobility, but you know, the mobility, it's more, it's really more of a, um, that I guess that pot that, that feel in the pocket, um, and just kind of being able to sense the pressure, especially on the blind side. And, you know, that's, that's just, it's really, that's always something that it takes time and it takes reps and it takes, um, it, it, it just takes like, um, you know, time for you to be able to de- develop that feel. Um, and I, and I will say, because I know I've kind of addressed board and as a guy that more so does his damage in the pocket and he's not athletic or not as athletic as, you know, a dual threat guy, but, um, he is someone that he, he can, if he needs to, he can, um, make the smart play, tuck it and pick up a couple yards. Like I've seen him do that before. He's, he's, he's shown, uh, increased awareness of that over time, but, um, there were definitely times where Maryland, uh, of course, they had they had their own protection issues, but Bordenstager just at times just kept the ball a little bit um, too long and kind of led to a broken play and uh, or a, a sack and eventually a third and long or fourth down for Maryland. So um, that was that was really the biggest thing uh, for him. But uh, again, I think I think he'll be able to make up for it with his arm now. Awesome and. Um... Do you, do you know if any other teams were interested in him once he hit the portal, or is it just FIU? Um, you know, I I, uh, I am not privy to the, the which teams uh, were interested. I knew that there were a handful. Uh, I don't know. I know um, kind of all in the uh, the the one level, um, but I I don't know the specific teams that were interested. Okay, yeah, and uh, and just with everything that you've seen from him, do you think? that he should be the assumed starter at FIU? Or do you think it's going to be more of a, of a competitive uh, quarterback room? You know, I really think that Max, I think he's someone that does a great job of just kind of going in, commanding respect, and he does a really good job of winning over his teammates. Um, and just really from everything that I've heard about the kind of person that he is and the way he conducts himself through workouts and off the field, um, just in the locker room and, and team house. And, uh, you know, it, it really seems that, He'll be able to go in and, and kind of develop that um, develop that respect and, and be able to to lead the offense. I personally think that his, with his with his arm talent, with his skill set, with his experience in the Big Ten, I do think that you know once he's able to get the offense down, I know you know this off season, I think it's going to be very interesting and, and kind of going into fall camp. You know, a lot of schools are going to be having to figure out ways to kind of um, adapt to the unfamiliarity with the new wave of talent that's coming in. So I think Max is, he's definitely a candidate that um, will have to uh, kind of overcome that learning curve. But uh, like I've said before, he has a great IQ for the game, has a great feel. Um, I, I, I personally would be surprised if Max isn't the starter, but um, that's just, that's more so what I know about Max as a person and as a player rather than uh, you know, the depth chart as a whole, but I, I think I, I have confidence that he'll be able to get the job done. Awesome. Awesome. And, uh, my final question, uh, is, you know, a lot of FIU fans now are kind of, you know, going to start looking into his tape. And I was wondering if there's any game that stands out to you that maybe they should look into to see, um, the best game from his, you know, college career or even high school tape. Well, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, you know, um, uh, any game against Rutgers is probably a good good game to lean on. Um, I think that was his sophomore year. Looking it up now, he actually went 11 for 20, 150 yards in the touchdown that game. Uh, and he left the game early that, that game uh, due to injury. Um, looking at it again, he looked 10 of 16 for 171 yards and two touchdowns against Indiana uh, that, same, uh, that same sophomore year. Uh, so that was in consecutive weeks. Um, so uh, I will say that the, those are definitely two games to keep an eye on, but – 
you know, there were, there were a lot of, uh, a lot of growing pains in the 2017 season. So I think if you uh, think if you watch some tape, you'll also notice that the offensive line that year for Maryland uh, definitely had its growing pains and uh, ups and downs. So, um, so I think I think that's uh, those are those are two good games though. Awesome. Yeah, I, th- I think I speak for the FIU fans and say we're very excited to see what uh, this kid can do. So, um, with that being said, Eric, uh, you got anything more to add? No, that'll be it. I'll go ahead and close it up here uh, really quick, Ahmed. Uh, first off, I want to thank you for making the time. As always, uh, we always appreciate we can have guests on. Really quick, where can we find you on Twitter and anything you want to go ahead and promote really quick before we uh, close it up? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at agafirsi. Uh, you can follow our uh, All Terrapins page at uh, All Maryland uh, Sports. You can find us at at si all terrapins. Uh, and if you go to si.com slash college slash Maryland, that is our desktop version. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, the, the best site to keep you all plugged in about everything, Maryland sports. There you go. You heard it here first. And once again, I do want to thank Ahmed for making the time. Uh, really appreciate it. Great follow recommend, uh, reading his work and following his work as well. Uh, as always, you can find the podcast on Twitter at Shula bowl pod. You can find us online at Shula And you can find us on our, our, our provider platform, excuse me, at the number five reasonsports.com. Once again, I want to thank our guest Ahmed Gaffer for making the time, and we'll be talking to you next time, probably previewing FAU next. We know we've got a lot of FAU questions coming in, so we're going to make an effort to uh, preview what FAU has coming up for the 2020 season. Thank you for listening, and please, uh, so we can get a football season in, please uh, practice safe social distancing, wear a mask, and do anything we can so I can flatten this curve and get football in 2020. Thank you for listening, guys.